Welcome to Arpini. This is Saratova Beth. We are in Cholamoid. It's Cholamoid um, Pesach, and it's I think the twentieth, right? The twentieth of of Nissan. And this is Lili Nishmas Orna Bas um, Orna Bas Chaim. So we are going to learn something very, very short in 15 minutes, not waiting 15 minutes, for the span of 15 minutes in Taurus Menachem. This is the first year, Tavshin, hey, Tavshin Yud. And in that year, that entire year, the Rebbe was speaking very much about what is a Rebbe. What is a Rebbe? Because that was the year of, after the Histalkus, after Yud Shvat. That was the year after the Stalkus of the Friedrich Rebbe, and really the whole year, understanding from the Rebbe's point of view, taking us to a deep understanding of what is a Rebbe, how are we connected to Hashem, how are we connected to the Rebbe, why should we be connected to the Rebbe, and every week there would be another aspect if it brought out. So this was the first the first Pesach after Yud Shvat, and, um, and on Achron Shal Pesach, the Rebbe spoke about this. So it says in the Gemara, in, it says in the Gemara that, um, in Ksuvois, Kuf Gimel, Tanin Rabbanan, Vishas Ptirasa Shal Rebbe, Amar Lebani Anitzarach, Tzarech. So, at the passing of Rebbe, Rebbe Huda Nasi, but we also know when it says, when the Rebbe speaks about Rebbe, we always understand Rebbe, Rebbe, because Rebbe Huda Nasi could be called Rebbe Huda Nasi, but, the Rebbe makes the point of calling Rebbe, Rebbe. At the passing of the Ptira of Rebbe, I, I guess Ptira could mean a lot of things, the departure. He said, I need my son. That a candle should be lit in his place. His table should be ready in his place. And Mita Tehe Mutsas Bim Koima. And his and the bed should be uh ready, I guess, placed in its place. Okay. Okay, so what does this mean for us? Why are we learning in the Gemara? Why are we learning, let's say, a Mishnah about Rabbi Yehuda and Nasi about Rabbi Patira? When you're uprooting and you're going from one place to another, this isn't just about the passing of Rebbe. First of all, I mean, who is Rebbe? Who is Rebbe Yehuda Nasi? Imagine that all through the generations, the oral Torah was handed down from father to son, from father to son, from father to son. It's called the oral Torah because the entire explanation of what the Torah is really saying, which is so cryptic, you take the Chumash and it's all these cryptic sayings that are very concise and without the whole background to it, you're not going to know what it's all about. And this was a tradition that was handed handed down by definition from father to son, from father, one generation to another. So what's the importance of that? The Messiah, the Messiah. You know, I'm just going to say parenthetically, on, on the first days of Pesach, somebody was over at one of my relatives, and we were having, we were having a conversation, and, and we were talking about the idea of, is Yiddishkeit something you have to take by Amuna? And I was arguing no. I was saying, the other religions, there's a point in blind, of blind faith you just have to accept. And I was arguing, from my learning, you, there's no blind faith in Yiddishkeit. There's no, okay, you just have to accept it in Amuna. Every single thing in Torah is provable. We may not have the time to look it up. But every single thing traces back 
to the original. We were standing there at Harsinai. There's nothing that, listen, just accept it as a leap of faith. God said it, just accept it. I don't believe, again, I'm not a big scholar, but it seems to me that Yiddishkeit is all based on one piece of evidence leads to the other, leads to the other, and you can trace every single thing back to its source. It's a highly, it's a highly provable, rational system that Hashem gives us, so to speak, when He wants us to understand His wisdom. He puts all the pieces together. Sometimes, as we say, it's more work than you feel like putting into it. So at that point, you say, okay, fine, I believe it. I believe, I believe you put the pieces together. Okay, just tell me what to do. But it doesn't mean that if I decided to look into it, I couldn't trace every piece of Tyra back to its source. So that's just my thought. So when this idea of going from one place to another, oh, why are we saying Rabbi Yehuda and Nasi? Because he was the one that Hashem said, all of this stuff that we weren't allowed to write down, because by definition, if you're going to just have it in a book, this whole tradition in the book, it's going to lose it. It's going to lose its, its, its power. Because then you say, ah, eh, who says? It has to be given over with that Yerushalayim. I once took one of my children. Um, we had to buy a, a book, a little booklet that her husband had, this woman's husband had written at, for pre-1A or something. And so um, we went to their house and I said, oh, so do you have it? Here's the $5, whatever. And the process by which she handed it over to my child was worth $25,000. The smile she gave her, and like, and she gave it, gave her this safer. It was literally, uh, uh, I, 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 it was more important than the safer itself. It wasn't just, okay, how much is it? Take it, thanks, bye, uh, check. But there was a Yerushamayim in the way that she handed my daughter this, this book. It was an unbelievable thing. So, Rabbi Yehuda Anasi is the one who marked the end of that. He was told by Hashem, now you write it down. Now you write it down. Oy vey. You're going to write down all of this stuff that it's the juice of what Yiddishkeit is all about, not just the explanations, but the whole, the energy that goes with it, that makes the whole thing work. And that you're going to eliminate, just write the thing down. Oh, boy. Which means we moved at the moment of Rabbi Yehuda Anasi writing down the Mishnah. And then, of course, the moment of his passing means that whole thing becomes summed up and really goes up into, into, you know, the heavenly spheres and comes down and transforms the world. So that was a moment. That was a pivotal moment. And the interesting thing is we're at a pivotal moment now in history that everything is changing. All the old rules are off, as anybody who listens to the news knows. All the old rules are, rules are off, and it, everything is about is turning upside down. So this moment that we're catching that the Gemara records, the Petira, also of, of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, also relates to us. When you're uprooting from one place to another, from one situation to another situation, from one Indian to another Indian, from one type of Avaida to another type of Avaida, like Haftira. What is Haftira? When you read Haftarah, it's the Petira and Ha'ataka from Tyra to Naveen. Why? Because in the time, I think, of the Romans, they for, forbade for some amount of time the reading of the Torah on Shabbos and Shul. But they didn't mind if we were read from Nach. So the, the, the whole emphasis went, moved over from the classical reading in the Tyra in Shul to reading in Naveen. That was a huge, in a way, a huge descent, but a massive change. 
never to go back again. A massive, massive change. So when we're talking about the patira, that's what patira means. You're shifting from one one type of doing things to another. You're 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 doing a mega jump. You're essentially doing a mega jump. What we did on Pesach, we ate that apikaiman and then supposedly went to sleep, but spent three hours cleaning up and didn't drink anything and didn't chase the taste of the of the matzah because why? We were doing a mega jump from one type of avida to another, from one from the person I used to be last year up until I ate the apikaiman. All my life, I was a certain kind of a person until I ate the afikaiman this Pesach. And then when I ate the afikaiman, it was, it's the carbon Pesach, carbon Pesach, the mega jump. I did a mega jump. So we understand this patira of Rebbe because we ourselves just went through this complete shift from the way it was to the way it, it is becoming now. So the meaning of patira and hataka from one place to another, from one way to another, Chazal say, Razal say, Tzadikim e'lehem menucha, lo ba'elam hazeh, velo ba'elam haba. Tzadikim don't have any rest. They're always mega jumping. Not in this world, not in the next world. Yechol mechayel echol. They keep going up, up, up. So what's the Chiddush? So what is the specialness of the Petir of Rabbi Yoda Nasi? So this is the way it's always been. At the time of the Petir of Rebbe, he said, I need my sons. If I'm going to mega jump, I need my sons. Now, why does he need his sons to make a mega jump? Does a father have to sit at the Seder and say, I can't eat the Afikaim unless all my sons are here? No. So what is this? Why does he need his sons to do this mega jump, to take the world through this mega jump? So since the Petir of Rebbe, what happens when that happens? What begins? Something ends and what begins? A new way of Avaida that's infinitely higher. And so you could say, You could think, he's going to a completely higher level. Rebbe's going to a completely higher level. Or Rebbe, by the way, just parenthetically, if we have a mega jump when we eat the Afikaiman on Pesach, you think the Rebbe doesn't have a mega jump? You think the Nasi Ador doesn't have a mega jump? He's the first one to mega jump with the Afikaiman, with the carbon Pesach. And and he pulls us along. We probably would be able to do a little, but because he does such a mega jump and pulls the whole world to a mega jump, we do a jump instead of a jump. We're hanging on to his coattails. So you could think that when Rebbe, Rebbe is going to a way higher avidus, he no longer needs us. Because he's moving to such a place that, you know, we're never going to be able to keep up. That's what you would think. And it's interesting, you said, come on with me. Um, so what does that mean? Why is he saying, I need my sons? He says, of course, I'm going to something higher, yet I remember you. And I will remember you wherever I am. And more than that, me, myself, when I'm going from level to level, says Rebbe, it makes a difference to me. You guys get me there. I don't think Rebbe said you guys, but so to speak. It makes a difference to me how you're doing it. When the Rebbe is taking the world, now, we're saying now, when the Rebbe is taking the world, the Nazi Hadar is taking the world through a mega jump, and he himself is doing a mega jump on Pesach, it makes a difference to him what we're doing. Meaning, not only that, that his sons, 
have to be connected to him. But he needs us. And therefore, all the inyanim that he did, um, that were done, at least the Rebbe, were done in relation to the Rebbe, they, they still have to stand. Whatever was done, the candle has to be there in its place. The table has to be in its place. And the bed has to be prepared and set. In a general way, we used to come to the Rebbe to Yechidus for two things. Tikkun and Parnassar Ruchnis. We would come for, you know, a spiritual Parnassar. Fix up our spiritual Parnassar. Tikkun and Parnassar Gashmis. Fix up our our Parnassar Gashmis. Not Chumris, but physical Parnassar. And every single one is divided to the, the spiritual Parnassar and the physical Parnassar. Every single one of them is, oof, every single one of them is divided into three. The candle, the table, and the bed. So, um, oh, okay, about things, Gashmi's six things are divided into three. Right? We know that. That means, Ne'er Shulchan Chaye is his, you need life, which is the candle. Ne'er Vaynishmas Adam, you need food, which is the table. And you need, Bana, uh, you need the bed, sons, offspring. And all of these things stand in their place. Even after the passing, even after he moves to a different level, the Rebbe can, Rebbe can answer us. And he answers us as he did before. And he's mashpia on us like he did before. And the same thing about the Yechidus in Inyanim Ruchni that are divided into three things. Ner means all the mitzvahs. Ner Kinner mitzvah. Shulchan means on um, specifically Tyra. Um, because number one is a lavush for the mitzvahs. It's also food. You know, when when I first came here, when people said, ah, such a geschmack in the kudda, I thought they were giving me something to eat. Such a tasty in the kudda. I thought they were offering me some kind of good pastry. And that no food. I couldn't get it. And then they, so where's the geschmack? And they said, oh, it's this Indian in Tyra that we're learning. Said, okay, I never heard of an, a, an idea being tasty. So, so Tyra is food. It's geschmack. Tyra is food. Um, um, and also the Indian, a person lies down on a be- on his bed, and what his head and his foot are on the same level. That's called mata, you know, like Yaakov Avinu. You're on your head is, and your foot are on the same level, and that's a whole Indian in Hasidus, But it's a great equalizer. We want we want our head to rule our feet to tell us, you know, not our feet to tell us what to do. Not like, uh, but I must eat Cheerios right now. I don't care if it's Pesach. I feel that I need Cheerios. We don't want to do that. We want our head to tell our foot, our stomach, no Cheerios until until Monday night, until until Sunday night. But um, when we lie down on a bed, we're able to equalize and give Kayach to the Gashmias that it can also have the advantage of the head. So one of the questions we want to ask, we're going to jump here, we want to ask, um, when you get it, when you got an answer, you had there had to be some connection to it, uh, at least 
subtle, subtle, subtle. We know, oh, I see. In other words, for the Rebbe to answer us in Yechidas, for us to write a letter to the Rebbe, to put a letter into Igris Kaidish, to however we do, go to the, uh, reach out to the Rebbe, we have a problem, whether it's a spiritual problem or it's a physical problem. We have a problem. So we go. The Rebbe has to have that problem in it, in him, Bedakasha Bedakasha. It's very well known, that famous story of the Mitla Rebbe, that, you know, Chassid came with a very awful problem, and the Rebbe had to work very hard to find the counterpart in himself. So, if so, in the past, when the Rebbe was in a physical body in this world, so he was at least in a physical body. So, Bedakasha Bedakasha, if we came and we said, you know, my car doesn't work, or you know, I, I crave, um, I crave uh, chocolate smoothies. <laughs> I tra- crave chocolate smoothies and I can't have one on Pesach, let's say. So how is the Rebbe going to relate to my craving for chocolate smoothies? I bet he doesn't. I bet he doesn't. So, but he, but he had a body. So bodies can relate to food. So at least subtly there was some connection. Like we know, this, again, the story with the Mithra Rebbe. But now, since, at least at this point, we're talking about the Friedrich Rebbe or Rabbi Yudanasi, beyond the body, so how can he answer us on things? So how can we be answered? How can we be guided by the Rebbe, by Rabbi Yudanasi, by all the, all the Maisha Rabbeinus of all the generation? How can Maisha Rabbeinus and Maisha of this generation, how can we guide us? And the answer is, why are you asking the Rebbe anything? That's a mamutta. Go straight to Hashem. Why are you, why do you need somebody in between? And then there are others who ask about Inyanam of Yerushalayim. From uh, one Mishalach asked, um, I'm not sure what it says. One he would he would ask that when he would somebody would ask he would somebody would ask to send opinion a pigeon about Gashmias, he would take it. But the pigeon about Ruchnias things, he wouldn't take it. Imagine the person's going to the Rebbe and they said, Please take a pigeon. So if you're asking, you know, oh I need a bracha for Parnassa. But they wouldn't say, I'm not taking a pigeon to the Rebbe. It's not a thing. So even Hashem Ba'asma, he wouldn't do it. So when the fact is we are one with Hashem, not only that we're connected with Hashem and connected with the Torah, but we're one. So the connection between Hasidim and Rebbe, um, they're not like two things that are put together. They're one. The Rebbe is not a mumusa mafsik. He's not a connector that interrupts, but he's a connector that, he's the glue. He's just myself and Hashem and Taira just gluing us together even better. There's nothing in between. That's the Rebbe. And by a chassid, the Rebbe and a chassid and Hashem are one. So, says the Rebbe, this is my feeling. And whoever wants to feel, let him feel. And that's it. And so, ain't, we can't ask about an intermediary because we're talking about in a physical body. And so it says, 
in the Zayar, Man Pnei Adam Havayad Da Rashbi. Do you want to see Hashem? Look at Rashbi. We're preparing now for Lagban. Do you want to see Hashem? Look at the face of Rashbi. Look at the face of Rashbi to see Hashem. Even if we find during the Shlichus, a Malach was called by the name Havaya. Or Maishar Rabbeinu said, I am giving you grass. The connection between a Rebbe and Chassid is an essential atmistiker connection. And therefore, the Rebbe says, wherever I am, I am one with you. You are one with me. I am one with you. Wherever I am, I need you to be there with me. It's interesting because we see that as... The, we're always saying, we need the Rebbe to help us and to be with us. And here, the Rebbe is saying, I need you to be with me where I am. I need there. I need to be with me. So, here the Rebbe is saying, the Rebbe is with us, the Friedrich Rebbe, like in the past, he's in his room and he hears us and he hears us for bringing here. And if that's the case, then why are we for bringing here? Because he wants us to for bring. And once, oh, one time they turned on the microphone in the Rebbe's room and he heard the Febrengen that was going on here. Same thing too. He hears when we are sitting in Febrengen and he knows what we're saying and he's part of it. And this is, we're summing up here. In Sefer HaChassidim it says that Rabbeinu HaKadosh would come every year of Shabbos, Danish Masas, in his Shabbos clothes we know, and he would make Kiddush and he would be mighty everybody. Now is also the time of Danish Mashas, after Mincha. Well, we can certainly testify to that. If there is any, any time in history that's Danish Mashas, it's like, it's dark, but it's creepy. You know, all the creepy things were created in Danish Mashas. We are in Danish Mashas of, of history, right? Before we go into Shabbos or whatever, between day and night, it's just that creepy time. So we are in Danish Mashas. And Rabbeinu HaKadosh, he is coming to be Makadosh. And he stays for the whole night. He is coming here to elevate us. And he stays for the whole night. This, and this is the end here. This winter, I once went into the room of the Rebbe. This is the Rebbe saying about the Friedrich Rebbe. He was sitting, um, I guess, sleeping on his, in his arm. Or he was, he was, he was kind of, you know, um, not resting. And he was deep in thought. And he said, I want to travel there to Israel. I said to the Rebbe, how can you go? You have so much work here. He thought a lot. He said, no, a good thought. The thought, his thought, in his thought, he was also already in Eretz Yisrael. Atmos Yasef were brought to Eretz Yisrael. The Etzim of Yasef was already in Eretz Yisrael. Very interesting. Before the Histalkas of the, of the, his thinking about being in Eretz Yisrael, it says the bones of Yosef were brought to Eretz Yisrael. So here the Rebbe is implying that by thinking that he was that he was would like to be in Eretz Yisrael and thinking himself there, he created that his atmos, the the essence of Yosef, not the bones in this case, but the essence of Yosef was brought to Eretz Yisrael. And one time, and, and here is the end. One time a chassid came from the very high, far place. And he said to the Rebbe, please say a minor chassidus. And the Rebbe answered him, I only say chassidus on Shabbos. I say chassidus on Shabbos. And the chassid said, when I come to the Rebbe, it is for me Shabbos. And so the Rebbe said chassidus for him. Even now, through his kashras, the proper his kashras, 
it's shayach, but for every single person, every single moment, and every single day, that it should be Shabbos. And Rebbe comes, and he makes, and he's Makadish. He elevates us. He makes Kiddush for us. And he's Paiter as a Rebbe. And he's, he, he, he gets it done for us. I guess when you hear Kiddush from somebody else, you don't have to make your own Kiddush. He's Makadish you. What happens with Kiddush? You elevate yourself. But when, when someone makes Kiddush for you, they elevate you. So, every, so the truth is that now we are in a situation that we just demand. It is Shabbos. We say, okay, I need to hear Hasidus from the Rebbe. So I sit down and I learn. So then we put ourselves into Shabbos, which I feel definitely. When you're learning, all of a sudden, wow, this isn't a regular day. What just happened? How did the air, how did the molecules in the room change just because we were learning a Maimah? So everyone should demand and say, I want to have that connection. I want to hear Hasidus from the Rebbe. And then it becomes Shabbos for you in that hour when you're doing it. And the Rebbe, and Rebbe, Rebbe Bai comes and he's Makadish and he's Paitas the Rabbi and he lifts us all up. He's, he's mighty us all from Kiddush. He lifts us up. Climber. What does that mean? He is mashpia on us as if we sanctified ourselves. Because sometimes we feel like, oh, I am too spiritually weak to sanctify myself. So he does it for us. As if, and it comes out as if we did it. We get the Mila as if we did it. And at the same time, he, he lifts us up. About but more than this, Kiddush im The Kiddush that is done for us. Whenever we come to the Rebbe and say, please, say Chassidus for me. He says, okay, so start to learn. It's Kiddush with his kavanas. And b'meila, it's Kiddush with his Kiddusha. So may we step into, since we're between the Afikainen, the, the carbon Pesach, which took us through Omega Jump, and Mashiach Suda, which surely will take us into the ultimate Mega Jump, may we find ourselves this Shvisha Pesach, going through the sea, going through Alma Diskasia, leaving behind the old, leaving the shrine behind fully, because that last second, that moment of stepping into the water meant the slavery was over. The junk that we were stuck with, the enslavement, it ended once and for all. So we say, Hashem, we're going to walk tomorrow night through the Yamsus. We want that our personal slavery and our global slavery to be over once and for all. And we should find ourselves in the Gula Mitzvah Shlema immediately now.